Tell me about your lunch. Ooh, I had my leftover pancakes and scrambled eggs and potatoes, and I put them in the air fryer, and it was so good. And honey bear pancakes are like so good even the next day, which is amazing. Jared, yeah. same for you. Oh, I I won't stare upon the abyss, and the abyss abyss stares back into me. I was trying to get abyss, 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 abyss. to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that throws you off a boat, makes you swim, and realize that, hey, you got no food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, what's up? Stephen, are you trying to replace me? Yes. Okay. Because we also have here <laughs> a special guest, Michaela Shapiro. Hello. I thought my commute was easy, but like Michaela's is <laughs> stupid. Yeah. <laughs> This is about the easiest guest we're going to get, because ah. this guest lives in, in the place that we are recording. It's true. <laughs> Michaela, tell us, tell us about yourself. Who are you? Why are you here? Uh, <laughs> I'm here because I'm... Because I dragged you to do it. <laughs> marrying you Yay. and best friends with you. Yes. And how do you feel about the reality shows and Survivor in general? Y'all, I've... I, Steven, when we first... Started dating, tried to show me a season of Survivor, and I watched the whole thing, but I got so... Can I swear? Yes, you can. Oh, constantly. Stressed. So stressed. We it's so stressful, and I hated it, and I said I'd never watch it again. <laughs> okay, wait. I love that now all of our guests, including Michaela, have asked, like, can I swear? Yeah. And every time it's like, oh, yeah. Like I don't sailor. know. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Please uh, do. Yeah, I literally yeah. asked Stephen the question at the beginning of our last bonus episode, do you think a previous Survivor character has masturbated to this reality TV show? Probably. <laughs> about guns. About guns. Probably. Not about women in skimpy oh outfits with flotation devices. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. Yes, so I thought this was an interesting perspective because we've had a couple people on who know Survivor really well and have watched a lot, if not all, of Survivor. Michaela is the exact opposite. Michaela has watched very little, one season, and now one episode. It's true. And whatever you catch while I'm watching it on the couch. Mm-hmm. Yep. It stresses me out. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. I don't understand how you can find Survivor more stressful than, like, Love is Blind or because, The Ultimatum. Well, I don't know. The games and... They lose, and I hate when people lose. I want them all to get the money. And then they're kind of, they're so, they just, the deception, I hate it. Oh, it's so good. Like, maybe Love is Blind is different because it's just two people, and you just, like, but this is, like, groups of people having issues. Yeah, the deception is, like, the deception on Survivor, you're tricking other people into maybe you winning a million dollars. The deception on Love is Blind, you're tricking someone into maybe marrying you and ruining their entire life. Okay, you're making it sound like higher stakes. I don't know. I don't know. Interpersonal relationships versus, like, big group conflict. Sure. It's different. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, Michaela Shapiro Roast Edition. <laughs> Did you just apologize for us roasting you? <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a fun episode. Yay! 
be some fight back. We just, we've got to build up to it. Maybe not. Some fighting? Well, from you. I, I texted you the other day and said, like, why do you hate me? And usually you'd be like, I'm so sorry, I'm doing this. Uh, <laughs> and you text me back and said, uh... Do you want it in an essay form or interpretive dance? <laughs> uh, no, no, no you, I said, you said interpretive dance. Yeah, you said essay form or, like, logical breakdown or something like that. I was like, interpretive dance, please. You'll throw some punches back. Yes. That's true. I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Speaking of things that we have learned how to do... Emails. There you go. There, we, we nailed it. Good segue, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> uh, not the worst one. Not, definitely not the worst one. <laughs> so if you want to email us, feel free to do so at SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. You can message us on Twitter, at SurvivorTBT, or on Reddit, u slash SurvivorTBT. We have three emails from all of our people. Josh. Uh, Josh sent us... Oops, I need to make this bigger so I can see it. Caught in your sex tape. Thank you. <laughs> Three notes from Josh. I'm a part of a couple Survivor Discord groups, so I would join one if you make it. That is our first vote for a Discord. Oh. Noted. Noted. Definitely noted. We'll, I'll get back to you on that one, Josh. Two, good news. Brian Gumble will never host a reunion again. Bad news. I don't know if you're going to find the replacement better or worse. Oh, no. I do know who it is. I don't, so let's just let me live in that yeah. uh, fear. It's a, a remnant of its time. Okay. Three, Survivor will always be a part of the show until Jeff takes control and tries to homogenize all the seasons. Oh, the surviving aspect. The survival aspect of Survivor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I wonder when that happens. <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, so far, we'll get into it, but so far, we're in episode one, but this season does not feel like they're going, it's just going to be suffer porn, like season two was. Even though they didn't get food right away? The fact that they found coconuts and grapefruit and chickens makes me think that it's going to be a little... And they can fish. Like, there's an ocean to fish in. Yeah. It makes me more optimistic than the last two seasons. Josh also sent me a Survivor-adjacent ad. Huh. Do you know what Momenta is? No. Yes? You no. went to the pharmacy. Yeah, that's the brand name of a prescription drug, but I, sure. I probably know it's generic. I don't he know. had cancer? Twice? He did. he did have cancer twice. This guy's on the show last season? He was the winner last season. Oh. Correct. Yeah. Oh, huh. so, sorry. That was something that I was going to save for later. The, the two-time cancer. That's, oh. That's after All-Stars. Oh, gotcha. So, oops. Well, it was in the ad, yeah. so. Slight spoiler. That's my bad. <laughs> for his personal life after yeah. the show. Oh, well. It's weird to describe cancer as someone's personal life. I know, right? What do you mean? That is their personal life. No, I know, but it, like you don't. When you think about like their personal life, you think about like, oh, like their their like family and friends and like like life outside of the show, which cancer falls into. But it's a weird. It just feels weird to be like, oh, oh yeah, it's part of their personal life. <laughs> With the American medical system, it's part of all of us. <laughs> do we have any more emails? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> From Tyler. Just to clarify, when I said that they supposedly switched Teresa to Samburu because they thought she would do too well on Baran. I was saying that they thought she would fit in better with the members of Baran, not that they thought Baran Tribe would do better. Oh, okay. That's that's an apology from Tyler, but more on us for how we interpret it. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Kim Johnson would go on to be the coordinator for an indoor tennis club and do volunteer work for blind and deaf. Oh, cool. People, people who are blind and deaf. 
and can't wait for Marquesas. I'm really hoping Jared's ranking of the seasons doesn't end up being one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> all the way down the line. I cannot imagine it will. So the fact is, I know someone on this season, not personally, but like the name, there are names in Survivor that just like watching the show as a kid and being in the Reddit before we decided to do this podcast mm -hmm. that I do know are popular people. Mm -hmm. Boston Rob is one of them. Yes. So but the second that I saw him and he started, he started talking like this, that wasn't a good Boston accent. No, uh, but I'm going to let you do it. Uh, I'm going to try it again another time, but not yeah. right now. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that's Boston Rab. Boston Rab. Kapak. It's Kapak. And then there's, you know, there, I, like I, James Pavardi. I remember Ruben when I was a kid, but I don't remember anything about him except that he is angry Ron Swanson. Ruben Sutter? I think so. Isn't he... Am I... He's, he's a big hippie guy? No, Ruben Sutter is a host for American Idol. Oh, <laughs> you're right. Or sorry, a contestant on American Idol. Won the second season of yes, American Idol. Yes, I remember that now. Sorry, we, I've, I've ruined now our American Idol wow, podcast. we mentioned so many reality TV shows already. Yeah, we're on a roll. We're on a roll. So that's just to say that, like, I have high hopes for this season because I already like the environment more and there is a person that I know is good at the game. I don't know oh, how good he does. Oh, Rab is good at the game. I think so. I, I don't think he'd be memorable if he, if he, like, got kicked off week three and then never I, heard from him again. I was worried he was memorable because he was problematic. I don't know. Oh, there's plenty out. of those. Well, yes, as we have, as we have seen. Yes, as as we're only four seasons in, and we already have those. <laughs> Oops. Well, even in the first episode. Considering three or uh, two thirds of our seasons thus far have had to have sex crime warnings. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, from Carl. All right, three seasons down, and now since we have double the episode length, you get double the email. On the Teresa thing, I think she scored high on fan sites because the hardcores remembered her mm. and wanted an old schooler back. Sure. But lost the actual vote because the more casual audience and the more like people who picked it up later didn't know who she was. Mm. Bummer. And remember when Ethan said he was afraid of vomiting? Apparently the reason Ethan fell during the FIC was because a producer oh. vomited and it threw him off for a second. What? Whoa. <laughs> that's nuts. If that's the truth, I love that so much. I forgot that he uh, was afraid of vomiting. Wow. Okay. Wow. 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 <laughs> hard to tell if Lex is really into the Samburu dancing or he's trying very hard to hold it together and not spew vomit all over the, <laughs> the people. Yeah. There's a certain level of being ill and shitting or puking your brains out where that's all you can focus on, like our D&D &D friends, like you're constantly making constitution saves, and if you fail one, you are just going to shit your pants. Yeah. That one, baby. Now one. Speaking of foreshadowing, I don't know if y'all remember Lex talking about the water that you can make. It, water can make you puke and crap your guts out in episode one or two, but it came full circle during that final <laughs> episode. That's good. That wow, good. yeah. Good beautiful. work. I love Kim trying to answer Tom's question seriously. <laughs> <laughs> the hyena I like to test because uh, taste is one of the first luxuries that goes out the window. <laughs> we're, ma we're making this. That's a terrible question. <laughs> sorry, this is a, this is an episode you weren't here for, yeah. Michaela. That's but okay. we gotta get caught up. I'm speeding through. You're fine. Gonna disagree. I don't think Ethan's Brandon answer was that bad. He had to say somebody, and it seemed Brandon and Frank were probably the least two liked people on the jury. So that answer may not have done as much potential damage as saying. Teresa. 
Also, I know it's still a game, but you have to be political and all, but Brandon asked for honesty. It's true. I think Ethan needed to elaborate at the bare minimum. You are correct. Like, literally just looking the person who asked the question in the eye and going, you, is not, I mean, he said, he might have said his name, but, like, regardless, like, you, you need to have some type of elaboration on <laughs> why that is. Yeah, people really liked Lex and were still in contact and was cut from the episodes. Probably That's... to make Ethan a little more likable. That's fair. Or make it not seem like Lex was going to run away with this. Well, and also, like, if you're a producer and you're given... Like, again, nobody put a gun to Lex's head and made him say all of the, like, maniacal, manipulative shit in the confessionals. True. So if you're a producer and you're given the maniacal, manipulative shit and the hunky-dory shit, you're going to take the first one because it's a more interesting story. Yeah. And one last note, Survivor needed someone like Ethan to win. At the time, there was yeah. a commonly held belief starting to form that the fan favorites could never win Survivor. Wow. And it was threatening to seriously harm interest in the show. I mean, that's that's what I said was it felt like so badly like the show wanted a Colby or Ethan-like winner in seasons one and two. Yeah. And they got it. They got it in season three. Eventually. They did. Cool. I will say, just going back to, we've talked about... Obviously, Survivor has its diversity problems in these early seasons. I don't know what you're talking about as I look at a list of all white people. (laughs) (laughs) But there is something that's kind of neat about the first three winners being an out gay man, an older woman, and a Jewish man from New York. Yeah. Not what you would have expected looking at the casts of those predominantly, or those predominantly white casts of these seasons. Correct. Something to be said about that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you would like to say before we move on to the episode? Who wins, Michaela? I'm not going to put it... Hold on. Hold the thought. (laughs) Hold the thought. The bumper's coming. All right. So this episode came out on February 28th, 2002. We've been doing this show for well over six months. You would think I would know the format and would already have these pulled up by the time that I started talking. Where's the fun in that? (laughs) And yet. Six months? Yeah, we've been doing about six months. And actually, Carl congratulated us. Oh, thank you, Carl. Yeah, thanks, Carl. So not a whole lot actually happened in the really only month between these seasons. Uh, It rolled over in 2002, and then this came out February 28th of 2002. Like, there was only January, February between the seasons. Yeah, I wonder if the delay from 9-11 kind of pushed them together a little closer than they were intended to. I think so, because season two came out right around the Super Bowl as well. Okay. So, yeah, that would make sense. Speaking of which, Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. Ugh. Against the uh, St. Louis Rams at the time, 20-17. to 17. That He did okay after that. Uh, maybe. Eh, all right. Really only one other interesting thing, at least that I found interesting. There's some award shows and stuff like that. Lord of the Rings won everything. But Sky Disc of Nebra, which is the world's oldest map and my new D&D item, of the stars <laughs> at 3,600 years old was recovered in a police sting in Basel, Switzerland after being illegally excavated in Germany. Oh my god. I just think that's really cool. Like, imagine being on the strike force. It's like, all right, we gotta get back this artifact. Wow. So, how, okay. There's a lot going into that. Mm-hmm. So they, how was it illegally excavated? I don't know. Was it like in a place that they knew it was there, but someone broke in to dig it out before someone else could get there? That seems wild. The only, th- the thing that would make sense to me would be that it was like a crew like a foreign crew like doing a research study or something that wasn't supposed to take anything Mm -hmm. and so they took it out of the country with them and they were like all right right, interpol it is (laughs) 
the super secret police. The Survivor Returning Back Time podcast only supports archaeological police. (laughs) (laughs) So, pro-Indiana Jones. Yes. He kills Nazis. Oh, fair. Yeah. Anti... Every other cop. (laughs) Paul Blart, mall cop? Mall cop's not a cop. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) The number one song on the charts was Always On Time by Ja Rule, featuring Ashanti. It stays there for a while, or, or, or it was there for a while at that point, pretty much like right after the Usher song that's been top of the chart. Never heard of it. Speaking of things I've never heard, the box office for February 28th, wild. I don't know hardly any of these. Oh. So I'll start at number five. Peter Pan Returned to Neverland. Do you know that one? Is It's the sequel to Peter Pan. Is it any good? No. No. Great. It was number five. Straight, <laughs> straight, to, oh, it was in the box office. I was yeah. going to say straight to... VHS. But no. They didn't no. know they played it. A Beautiful Mind, which has been oh. hanging around for like four months. Yeah. So that should tell you exactly the state of movies being released. Dragonfly, John Q, and then top was called Queen of the Damned, which I did look up a short description of because I didn't under, I didn't know any of these besides A Beautiful Mind. And it does not have good ratings. It has a 5.2 on IMDb and a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my god. Yikes. Here's the synopsis. Follows the legendary vampire Lestat, who is played by Stuart Townsend, who has reinvented himself as a rock star in the contemporary American music scene. His music wakes Akasha, the queen of all vampires, and inspires her desire to make Lestat her king. Akasha's malevolent power is so great that all the immortal vampires must stand against her if they want to survive. Meanwhile, a young London woman with a fascination for the dark side falls in love with Lestat. It looks horrible. Lestat, isn't that the name of a famous vampire? Yes. No. Go on. It's basically vampire fan fiction. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So musical about. There was a musical. It was on Broadway for less than a week. Really? (laughs) Yes. It it flopped miserably. Is it just called Lestat? Lestat. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm. Interesting. That sounds. Terrible. Yeah, and top of the box office. Interesting. <laughs> cool. Anything else? Then let us move on to season four, episode one. You were going to say the bumper. I was going to, well, yeah, I was a little bit, but <laughs> oh well. Season four, episode one. I didn't catch the title of the episode. Back to the beach. Okay. Back to the beach. <laughs> that sounds like a Disney movie. <laughs> Back to the beach. Back to the beach. I mean... You pointed out a couple times during this episode things that reminded you of Disney movies. Um, what can I say? <laughs> we have we have a type here. All right. First thoughts. Things I'm going to go to you, Michaela. Yes. First thoughts when episode starts. What what jumps out to you? The landscape is beautiful. This is stunning. Yes. This is the most picturesque we've been in any Survivor so far. Hold this side by side with them basically doing backyard camping in the Australian woods that just looks like they filmed it in like the Pacific Northwest during a particularly gray day. Yeah. And this, and it's like, this isn't even the same show. It's not the same show. This isn't, they've not been here before, right? No. No. This is, and where, it's an island. Yes, so we are in Marquesas, which is a Tahitian island uh, you see a lot of Polynesian influence in 
most of the like the architecture and the symbolism that they have going on here is very Polynesian, very if you watch Moana, very same stuff you see in Moana. The the Voyager's boats, that's the same boats we're using in this episode. Yeah, I really don't know much about that area of the world, but it's really very beautiful. Yeah. We're in the Pacific. Again, this is the second time we've been in the Pacific. Yes. As far as I know, the Marquesas is in that area between, like, Japan and Hawaii, whereas uh, Borneo was in the South China Sea. Yeah. We don't fact check ourselves. Well, that's... Okay, I want to see where it is. (laughs) We should be... Right? No, you're right. Sure, you look it up. I'm going to keep going here. (laughs) (laughs) Michaela's our quality control expert. Anyway, we open the episode on a fishing boat. Like, for whatever reason, the first few seasons have packed everyone onto some sort of vehicle. It has to be them arriving. It has to be some sort of inciting action to kick them off. And they're on a fishing boat. People are vomiting. That's like the third season in a row that people have been vomiting. They love their vomit shots. They do. First, first episode, too. Always the vomit. Anyway, we showed that. We showed Jeff talking. Jeff, confidence-wise, through the roof. On his A-game this episode. Yep. Usually it takes a couple episodes for him to warm back up. Oh. Mm, he is on it right away. Good on you, Jeff. He saw how bad Brian Gumbel was and was like, <laughs> all right, well, if the bar's that low, I need to end Brian Gumbel. <laughs> I did look it up. The Marquesas is horizontally, like in line with Brazil and Australia, but is between North and South America and Australia and Asia. It's just, it's, I don't know how many miles, because it's the ocean. It's a bunch of little islands, kind of like Hawaii, um, more spread out, and it's south of Hawaii, pretty much right in line with it. Okay. Cool. The more you know. The more you know. The more you goals. This has been the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Shutting it down. Michaela is no longer invited (laughs) onto the podcast. Anyway, we're on the boat. We do the whole rundown. And then we get the intro. What do you think of this intro? I I like it. Mm -hmm. I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. I'm going to put a pin in that till next episode. The first time I always see it, I'm just watching the contestants to be like to like memorize faces yeah who are these people exactly so i i need to see it again before i put like an artistic like like it or don't like it correct i thought it was hilarious you thought it was hilarious tell why they just like slow motion turn and smile <laughs> oh the camera? no we're not there yet this is the actual intro of the oh, like remember the the theme song of it survivor fast. it does go pretty fast it's it's a, a 30 second to a minute song no, no, don't apologize. I don't remember that. We should get right into their cast introductions, then. We will. That's the next thing that's going to happen here. The only reason I pull up the, the intro is it is... They've taken, like, leaps and bounds in these first three seasons of, okay, here's the original, here's how we can add it to it, here's a mm. little bit more. This is the first one where I'm like, the additions are there, but it's not as uh, as stark contrasting as the other ones are. Sure. Which the fact that you're like, I didn't really pay much attention to it, kind of solidifies what I thought about that. That's true. Yeah, season two, they used a lot of instruments. Like, they had, like, a didgeridoo and mm-hmm. stuff like that in there. And then season three, they had a more, like, a drum and, like, African vocals underneath it. Yes. So, yeah, I guess 
they didn't use any of the, I don't know what the musical stylings of the Marquesas would be, but they didn't use them. No, the, the images were there. Mm -hmm. the, there just wasn't much to change up audio-wise. Yeah. Cool. That happens, and then we kick them off the boats onto literal flotation devices. This, this is what we would use on a, a real-life ship emergency. Yeah. This is... It, we were taught how to use these. You, you throw them in with a crane, and if it doesn't... If the crane doesn't activate them, there's like a rip cord that you can pull to activate these. That was my next question was like, how do the boats know they've hit the water and therefore should open? Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. There, there are different ways to do it, all of which are not fun. <laughs> More so getting down and into them is sure. not fun. Yeah, we're still just yeeting people off a boat. <laughs> yeah. Funny story, when we had to train how to, how to do these, they had us do it in a, like a, a mini pool on the ship. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. However, the test one that they had for us that was small enough to fit in the pool did not work. <laughs> they kept trying to get it to pop and it would not inflate. So they brought a second test one which was much bigger and did not fit in the pool. <laughs> Beautiful. Anyway. They're thrown into there, and we are introduced to our two tribes. We have Rotu in blue and Maraamu in yellow. Which, want to take a guess at what those mean? Well, they tell us. Do they? Yeah, they tell us in the episode. It's like wind and fire, water, something. Like rain. Yeah. Wind yeah. and rain. No wind, no rain. Anyway. <laughs> Let's let's introduce our, our cast here. Which which cast would you like to start with? Might as well just start with the one that we saw the whole time. Mara. Mara Amu. Mara, Mara Amu. Yeah, sure. So, in no particular order, <laughs> funny story, I found a website definitely from 2002. Yeah, no, um, it looks like it. It definitely is. It's someone's fan-made website about these. So, mm, great. Perfect. I'm going to go right down the line. I don't know what order this these are in, but they're just in no particular order. Yeah. Might be alphabetical, might not be. Number one, Gina. Oh. Gina Cruz, 28, a nature guide from Gainesville, Florida. It also says their luxury item, which Neat. I think is fun. I want to I wanna list that off. Brought an adventure bag. What is an adventure bag? What does that mean? It's a bag of holding. <laughs> one bag of holding. And thoughts about Gina? You know, I think she's the one in the episode we see basically saying, like, I'm not going to discuss my vote. Like, I'm going to vote for whoever I want. Mm -hmm. I am interested in her. She also looks like she's both 13 and 30, <laughs> is a Karen, and yet runs a charity. Mm -hmm. Like, she is doing everything at once somehow. But, no, I think that she's going to be... My my projection for her on the season is that she is strong and loud and does not make alliances and gets voted off kind of early. She is the amalgamation of every white woman ever, is what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Michaela, thoughts? Nope. Cool. No thoughts. Good thoughts. No thoughts. Only Gina. <laughs> Next up, Hunter. Hunter Ellis, 33, a FEX pilot. Federal Express pilot. Federal Express. Oh, he's FedEx pilot. FedEx pilot. Got it. From California and brought navy wings from his grandfather as a luxury item. That's like a bad luxury item. Yeah, that doesn't have like a 
Well, I don't know, sentimentality. Yeah, it has a symbolic thing. If like, To get him through, I get it. It's not going to pass the time. No. No. It's a, it's a bad item. So what do you think about Hunter? Was he the one that they were like, he's a good leader? Yeah. And had all the, those ideas? Like, yes. If he is, we're going back to Disney. <laughs> he is Gaston. Oh, okay. And I suspect he'll have a similar trajectory to Gaston. <laughs> he doesn't like seem as... Talk? Likeable on the surface, a good leader, and probably not great underneath, and will end up with people not liking him. Okay. Mm. He does have a military background. He comes from a Navy family. Don't know if he was in the Navy. Uh, hold on. Commission. Yes, he was in the Navy. There you go. Hmm. He looks like every character looks like a Ken doll. on NCIS. Mm. <laughs> He looks like the default create a character in a shooter made in the year 2006. Ah, look at that face. <laughs> it's interesting to see how, where the natural leaders go, though, because he definitely was throwing out a lot of ideas and people either hate or love that. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, Patricia Jackson, 49, a truck assembler from Lugoff, South Carolina, brought a locket of a, Arabian's tail. And a horse. I think that is. I think that's a horse tail. Okay. Hey, Patricia, why? 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 Do most people bring the, like a sentimental item? No, they usually bring a more practical one. Yeah, interesting. interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's a choice. I don't think Patricia's long for this show. What makes you say that? Uh, the everything in this episode and the preview for next episode. <laughs> First of all, as we've discussed, if you are not somebody that, that will dominate in a physical challenge on your team mm -hmm. for the team challenges, you are already at a disadvantage. Yeah. You are more likely voted off to go home. Did she say that about herself? Mm -hmm. Well, that's just she like- She wasn't a, dominating? Yeah, so she said like, uh, just like in general, like last season, there was a guy named Clarence who really screwed up first episode, but he was like six foot five and built like a brick shit house. Right. So she, there's no nothing saying she couldn't dominate in a physical yeah. challenge, but there's going to be a bias on her team regardless that she will not until she proves herself. That's unfortunate. Yes, it is. <laughs> so she already doesn't have that protection. And from the preview of next episode, it seems like she's starting to rub people the wrong way. So we'll see. We will see. Did you have any thoughts, Michaela? I just didn't know truck assembler was a job. Somebody's got to assemble those Which trucks. Is like, yeah, yeah. Go. I, don't, I don't know. That seems like a pretty... She see. I feel like she's an inner badass. She was definitely in the top three for a Trump campaign manager at some point. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. I get strong-willed, but yeah, that's fair. We'll see how yeah. know, far that takes. Moving on to Peter Harkey, forty-five, a bowling alley owner from Millis, Massachusetts. His luxury item was cologne. What the heck, people? I understand that one a little more than the last two. Fair. <clears throat> like if you. You're going to smell bad. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to smell real bad. Yeah. Oh, I never got to use it. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Peter. It was weird that his friends dared him to do a fuck ton of LSD before he <laughs> got off the boat. But, you know, that's uh, that's a choice. I think it's just him. That's just who he is. He's, he, has, he has perma brain fry from all the LSD. Yes. Thoughts on Peter? I don't know. He's, 
had some like kooky ideas, but he seemed fun. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, I mean, with people have to make like snap decisions about people, which is hard. But I feel like if we got to know him better, it's true. He might yeah. be kind of fun. And that well, that is kind of the emphasis on this first episode is you do you have to make snap judgments, and that's what we're doing. We're making snap judgments, Ugh, and then see, I'm gonna. That's why. That's why I don't like this show. And then I'm gonna make Jared make a, a decision on who wins. Ooh. Okay. Next up, Rob. Best in Rab. <laughs> Best in Rab. Rob Mariano. A 26 <laughs> construction worker from Canton, Massachusetts. Two Massachusetts guys right next to each other. Maybe two Michigan guys in season two. That's fair, but their dialect was not nearly as thick as this. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> His luxury item was a football. That's at least a little more practical. That's where that was. It was under the guy's head. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We saw the football a couple times. It can be a pillow. You can use it to pass the time. Yeah. I understand that. As I said at the top of the episode, Boston Rob is somebody that I am that I have heard the name of. I don't know anything about. Yeah, he's very charismatic and fun, and I like his accent. Yeah. I also like the sentence about him. In 2000, he woke up the day of the Boston Marathon and decided to run as an unofficial entry with absolutely no training. <laughs> he stopped along the way to eat burgers and drink beer. <laughs> he seems like the type. He couldn't walk for three days afterwards. That sounds about right. There is a How I Met Your Mother episode about this. There is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, where Barney gets dared to do the uh, New York Marathon, and he does it, but then he gets robbed on the bus, or on the... On the train. On the train, because he can't move his legs. He can't get up. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot about that. But Sarah Jones, 24, an account manager from Newport Beach, California, brought a pillow as a luxury item. How ironic. That seems like something that they shouldn't allow them to do, but here we are. It's a luxury item. It is. Yeah, they, they kind of draw the line on them because there are some seasons where people are bringing, like, flags and making them, like, tents and all of this stuff. And it's uh, like, ah, yeah, it's no luxury, not for your survival, please. Got it. And eventually the luxury item does go away. Mm. Oh, wait, really? Yes. Modern seasons don't have it anymore. Correct. Wow, okay. Yeah, I think Sarah's interesting. I don't like the way she's been talked about so far. She's become the product of some derision from Sean that I don't really appreciate. But I think she's pretty sharp, actually. And I do think she's playing into... Like, she knows she's attractive. And I do think she's using that. And Mm -hmm. good for you. Yeah. Use what you got. I think her hair looks like she needs to be in Josie and the Pussycat. (laughs) (laughs) That 90s hair. Yeah, it's the... uh... What do they call it? The ombre look? Yeah, and the, those highlights are gonna... They're gonna... If she stays for a while, they're gonna go. Yep. <laughs> Moving on to Sean Rector, 30, a teacher from Harlem, it has a Bible for a luxury item. Oh my god. We got... We got Harlem Dirk. We do. <laughs> we did get Harlem Dirk. Unfortunately, that's, uh... Mm. Yeah, I mean... Sean is interesting. Sean is... Okay, hear me out. Okay, hearing you out. Sean already, this season, for me personality-wise, is going to be this season's Tom. He's going to say a bunch of cringy shit, Mm -hmm. like he did about Sarah. Mm -hmm. But also, he is the one that's just, like, speaking his mind and, like, flying off the cuff with whatever observations he makes. And some of them are really good and really interesting. He makes for good reality TV. Yeah. Weirdly enough, every confessional with him, though, in this episode is, like, way too close. 
Like, everyone else, you get the standard, like, chest shot, like, from their, like, sternum up to, like, the top of their head. Mm -hmm. His is, like, his Adam's apple to the top of his head, and I'm like, back, just, just back up. Just back up. Get out of two feet. Out of the face. <laughs> I wonder if, I mean, they don't pull him aside every time they have a thought. They do them all at the same time, or, like, one a day. Sure. I wonder if all of his were filmed at the same time. Yeah, maybe, at least for this episode. And hey, he's our token person or token man of color. The, we get one per season. It's true. And it's Sean this season. Here it is. Yep. At least he's getting more screen time already than Nick got in an entire season. Oh, badass. He's a Bachelor of Arts in theater. Oh, hell yeah. And psychology. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he cried at the ocean. <laughs> he did. I was like, yay, a man that cries openly. <laughs> and then he said that stuff about the other woman, and I was like, God. <laughs> you can't have two good things. <laughs> Correct. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> Moving on to Mississippia Towery. 36, an office manager from Portland, Oregon. In the luxury item, a notebook of poetry she wrote. Aww. I don't think I'd want one that I wrote. It's true. Because it must they brought you a pencil too. You can't make any edits, and that would drive me insane. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some things that you did before that you may or may not like. Mm -hmm. Let your mistakes haunt you for the entire game. Take your baggage with you all the way to Marquesas. Yeah. Damn, she was on the Air Force in the Netherlands. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I'm wor I, I'm a little worried for her for this season. How so? She immediately, in Tribal Council, was talking about, like, oh, how good of a leader Hunter is. And sort of, I'm worried that she's going to turn into a goat. Maybe not even get that far, but just like right from day three here by abdicating all of her agency to the people that are going to be the leaders that fill that vacuum. Mm. And that doesn't make her a very interesting character and isn't going to make her do well in the game. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Also, a fun fact, was the D.A.R.E. officer for when she worked as police. Also ACAB. <laughs> fun. Cool. That is the Maramu tribe. All right, now for our wilder out of left field predictions because we didn't get to see any of these people at all. Yeah. All right, we have the Rotu tribe. Starting with Gabriel. Gabriel Cade, 23, a bartender from Selo, North Carolina. Brought a childhood teddy bear as a luxury item. That's that, cute. That's pretty cute. <laughs> it's also crazy on this website how some of them have paragraphs and paragraphs of stuff and then some of them were like, they were born in January. Yeah. And that's uh, it. Clearly, this person had favorites. Yeah. I mean, he's interesting. He looks like he should be in a boy band. Yeah, or like a surfer Disney movie, I feel like. Like mm -hmm. Teen Beach. That Teen was Beach exactly movie. what you said during the episode, yeah. was the Teen Beach movie. Look, he studied drama, too, and jazz in ballet. Oh, damn. It's not shocking to get a lot of people with theater degrees to yeah. come on this show. Yeah. It's not... But, like, theater degrees that aren't working in theater. Yeah. Because you don't want the, the thing hanging over them, like, this person's an actor. Jerry. This person is Jerry. Have they had actors before? Yeah. Aspiring actor. <gasps> they have to tag they, that Yeah, they have there. to say aspiring actor. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Thoughts about Gabriel? I mean, we didn't really get to see anything of him. He's pretty much guaranteed to be safe through the merge, unless his tribe goes on a horrible, horrible losing spree, because he looks to be the most athletic person on his tribe, just by looks alone. Yeah. Yeah. He's very photogenic. Oh, yeah. 
No, he's he's probably an early favorite for me on his tribe to be the winner. All right. Yeah. Moving on to John Carroll, a registered nurse from Omaha, Nebraska, brought massage oils as a luxury item. I don't know if I like that. He's 36. I didn't say that, but mm, massage oils? Yeah. That implies you putting them on someone else. Do you think? Maybe. I mean, you can use massage oil on yourself, but you're not going to be able to get, like, all of the good parts. So, I mentioned we, the token man of color. We also, we skipped over it, but Vesepia is the token woman of color. Yeah. And now we have, I think, a token gay man of the cast? Really? Oh, well. No. I thought, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just reading between the lines and memorize and like remembering incorrectly, but I, it seems like they have, like, they, this is now formulaic in their casting. Mm -hmm. You have, for some reason, there's always a bartender. Mm -hmm. At least one. Really? Yes. That's random. Uh, I know. It's Maybe that's just because of like the age demographic they're going for. They're allowed to cast two people of color. Uh, one of each. One man, one woman. And one out gay man. And then the rest of the cast has to be white people. <laughs> and you, Oh, and an older woman and an older man. Like they, it, it really feels like they check boxes on yeah. this stuff. Not that I want to play into this, but... He, does, he is a, a big advocate for the Nebraska AIDS Project, which, I mean, take that for what you will. Uh, however, hobbies include photography, playing volleyball, lifting weights, running, swimming, landscaping, and adding to his hot sauce collection. Mm. One of those things is not like the other. Yeah. Adding to his hot sauce collection. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. That's John. Kathy. Kathy Baverick O'Brien. <sighs> 47, a real estate agent from Burlington, Vermont. Brought canvas and paints. Okay, that's so much. Canvas and paints is so much. I mean, we did have paints last season, too. They they dyed the mosquito nets with them. I know. Well, no, because they got those at a challenge. Remember, they, they always for the SOS challenge. I thought it was somebody's paints. I thought it was... Oh, you might be right. Oh, I think you are. Right. I remember hearing yeah. one it's just, woman's paints. It's crazy to me that like some people bring like a football or like I mean football is even a good one, but like the navy wings or whatever, and then like some people bring a whole canvas and yeah. paints. I brought a four course meal. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, if I had just so my impression of Kathy is if I had to spend more than like twelve seconds with her in real life, I would have walked into the ocean and drowned myself. Jared. <laughs> oh my god she drove okay disclaimer strong opinions <laughs> yes strong opinions we're talking about these people as characters on a show yes but i could not stand her for any singular second she was on the tv screen i wish we got more context because i know she there was like that conflict with the fire but i don't know i just want to give everybody the benefit Strong and wrong, Michaela. <laughs> Strong and wrong. Like maybe for. she's just an assertive woman. Look, she raised a hundred one point five million dollars when she went from Seattle to Washington D.C. raising money for the American Lung Association as to get a. Oh, I'm sure she's lived a rich and fulfilled life outside of Survivor. If I was on that island with her, one of us would not make it home. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's, yeah. Also, I naturally do not trust real estate agents, but that's. Ooh, I mean, we're deep into the episode already, but I want to hear that story at some point. There's no story. It's just a vibe. Okay. <laughs> Nella Dennis, 21, a student from Layton, Utah, brought scriptures. She had... Okay, first of all, what does scriptures mean? I don't 
It just sounds like Bible, but I yeah, a non-condensed Bible. Did you bring them in scrolls? Yeah. <laughs> Did you bring individual pages? What's going on here? <laughs> Are you trying to piece them back together like a riddle? It's a puzzle. <laughs> That's how she's getting her, herself ready for the puzzles. Michaela, you were mentioning the intros uh -huh. of like them like looking at the camera. Hers was the worst. <laughs> she was the student in the library that was just like looking down for like a second and then popped up with creepy eyes and was like, <laughs> yes, yeah, hello. Smile. Smile big and wide. Yeah, they clearly got it in one. They were like, ah, that's good enough. Yeah, we got it. She's, awesome. She's just like young. Like, I don't know if I have an opinion. She's yeah. a pretty name and she's young. <laughs> I yeah. Name. I think she's the youngest person on this season. That is funny she that is. They, they definitely had to send camera crews out to these people's hometowns to capture them in their element. They they sent 16 camera crews out. No, some of those, you mean the intros? Some yeah. Some of them looked fake. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they were on sound stages. Sure. In LA. <laughs> like the one, uh, the, the one that fishing was like, that's a green screen. <laughs> we have Pascal English. That's not a real name. That's the most <laughs> fake fucking name I've ever heard. <laughs> he is 57, a judge from Thomason, Georgia. His luxury item, the American flag. I don't think, from all of that that you just told me, I don't think I'm going to like Pascal very much. Oh my god. <laughs> what about him? Well, first of all, he looks like a zombie that did 20 years of hard drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but on top of that, if, if you are so into the dogma of your own nationalism that your luxury item is the American fucking flag, that just tells me a lot. And if you are a judge in a place in Georgia I've never heard of, I don't trust you in 2002. Valid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. Robert, where's your shirt? <laughs> Robert DeCanio, 38, oh. a limo driver from Queens, brought a voodoo doll. Of who? <laughs> oh my. Robert, of who? Where did you get this voodoo doll? Robert. <laughs> Okay. Should white people practice voodoo anyway? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Wait, Rob, where's your shirt? Robert. <laughs> yeah, we we have two pictures here. It flashes back and forth between two pictures. Both of them he does not have a shirt on. Robert had an interesting accent too, right? I mean, he's from Queens, so it's probably uh, it pretty Brooklyn-y. I do not trust Rob. Bert. Robert. Rob. Mert. Well, because there's Boston Rob. I don't trust Robert. What, what about Robert does not click for you here? I I know I shouldn't judge off looks. Okay. That being said, if his name was on a sex offense registry, I would not be surprised. Oh my god. <laughs> if There's we not going to be one every season. <laughs> Michaela knocks on wood. Hanging on all the wood. Yikes. If, okay. This is my prediction. Remember how, and I was wrong last season. Uh -huh. I said, I made a joking countdown for Tom saying the N-word. Because, like, he is from, he is from the rural hills of Jared Kentucky. Dad? What? No, Somebody? he didn't. He didn't do it. Oh, I, he I mean, didn't. Jared was, oh my god. I was very wrong. But I was, on the first episode, I was like, we are, we were, like, inches away from Tom saying it. And we are now, like, we have a whole season in front of us and it's gonna happen. And it didn't. But if there's somebody who commits a sex crime on this season... Yet. Well, huh, fair enough. Tom does come back. If there's a person on the season that commits a sex crime, it's Robert. <laughs> well, we'll find out later. Moving on to Tammy Leitner. 
29, a crime reporter from Mesa, Arizona, and brought a picture of fiance and dog. Hmm. Is that two pictures or is that the same picture? It's the fiance, but with the dog's head. Oh. Also not something, well, I don't know. I was going to say not something to pass the time, but who knows, maybe. You just stare at it for hours on end. Ah. My fiance and dog. <laughs> when will I return from the war? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't get a lot about her. My Prime aunt. reporter, I feel like that pickles your brain to believe weird things, but we'll see. <laughs> There's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. Well, it's just like, we, like not just like journalist or reporter, like she's specifically a crime mm-hmm. reporter, which is like, why? what made you choose that? How did you end up there? I don't know that that's something you choose. It's probably a, I want to be a reporter. Well, this is the area that we have open for expertise. That's fair. Take that. Oh my god. Proving she'll do anything to get a story, Leitner once burst into a burning building and, in another instance, worked as a member of NASCAR pit crew. In 1999, Leitner was honored by the city for saving a drowning man, and she's currently writing a true crime book about a serial rapist who evaded police for 16 years. Never mind. She's an adrenaline junkie, and I like her. (laughs) (laughs) She will throw herself into any situation to get the story. And finally, our last... Survivor contestant Zoe Zan Zanidic how how do you say this Zanidakis Zoe Zanadu Zoe Zanadu <laughs> thirty five a fishing boat captain from Mohegan Island Maine hmm. brought a necklace what kind of lecture why are these you could just put that on your body it's true you could just wear that and yeah. no one would stop you. Oh my god. <laughs> um, what did you guys bring? Have you discussed that? Insulin. <laughs> I hope they would just let you bring that and if you had another choice. No, no, I know. What would you bring, Stephen? I, I think I have. we have discussed it because I, I remember saying probably a board game, something that we could use over and over again, the replay value, or deck of cards. Deck of cards would be a good yeah. one. Deck of cards yeah, why would be hasn't one. already done that? Good question. I mean, people have in other seasons, but this season, it's a good question. They made a deck of cards in the last season. It was pretty cool. Oh. Yeah. That is cool. And that passes the time. Yeah. Her picture looks like somebody just sent her a dick pic she didn't want or asked for. <laughs> it does have like, a, mm. It does have a certain Mona Lisa smile-esque to it. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you... She's thinking Are you there. enjoying this? Are you being coerced to smile here? What's going on? Yeah, it, well, it, it gives me the like the Midwestern, like when you when you pass somebody in the, high, in the hallway. Yep, exactly. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should listen back to these after we've watched the whole season and just listen to my takes on the on the people. And yeah, that should, that'd be interesting. Well, I tell you what. Speaking of takes, now that we have everyone here, yes, it is time for Jared. To make a bold prediction. Oh. I want Michaela's predictions first. Okay. Michaela, who wins this season? A wind wind? Now, Michaela, I pick one from each tribe because in these early seasons, it is, no pun intended, very tribal. So whichever tribe has more people, you like up till now, has always won. Once that changes, I'll only pick one person, but I need to see oh. it change before I try to predict it changing. Does Am I picking count? who I think Gonna win or who I want to win. Those are you both. Yeah, I could. Either or. Preferably who you think is going to win because that's what Jared will be selecting. Okay, I want Sarah to win because 
everyone is only talking about her boobs. Because and of the I doubt. just Yeah, I just want her to come out super strong and be like the most intelligent of everybody. Cool. And who do you think will win? Or is that who you think will win? Or are you know. just hopeful here? One of the white dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Rob. All right. If he's which, so which Rob? about... Oh, Boston, Boston Rob. Boston Rob. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, Jared. I... See, the easy vote would be for Boston Rob because I know his name. Sure. So I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to say, like, if I was going with my logical brain, that's probably the person who wins. Okay. But, as it stands, I could see... <laughs> definitely Peter. No, on the <laughs> on the Maramu tribe, I... Hmm. Wow, the, the Maramu tribe... Oh, is it Maramu? Mar- I, did, I did both. I did both and neither. <laughs> the Maramu tribe really is not a good tribe off of first instincts while I'm looking at it. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pick a winner that isn't Boston Rob, and I literally can't think of anyone. Mm. Because, like, all of them have so, like, Gina's already being so aggressive about, like, nobody changing her mind, but she's probably my second favorite. So okay. I think I could, I'll, I'll say Gina, if not Boston Rob. But then the rest of them, like, Hunter looks like he stumped on what 2 plus 2 equals in this picture, and I'm just messing with him off looks there, but... He does kind of look like he smelled a fart here. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, there's just... I think he's gonna rub people the wrong way. Patricia, same thing. Peter's gone. Sarah... I could see I could see Sarah getting very far, especially if she attaches... I think there's some foreshadowing in that line that was... If she attaches herself to somebody who's going to go far than she could. Mm. So I could see her making a really strong alliance that gets her far. I don't know then if she gets the votes to win. Sean, I don't think he makes good decisions. Like he's already tried, he's already like bond with the person who's going home or who goes home this episode and seems to be kind of on the outs already. Yeah. Well, he has a degree in theater, so we already know he makes bad decisions. Horrible <laughs> decisions. And, uh, like I said, Vesepi, I think, is going to be living in somebody else's shadow. Whereas, like, Sarah, I can see her, like, having a more active role in that type of relationship. So, oh, that's a very long-winded to say on the Mara Amu tribe. There you go. It's the two A's back-to-back. Back. It hurts. I think it's Boston Rob. If I was going to say it wasn't Boston Rob, I would say Gina. And then, um, on the Rotu tribe, I, I get a good feeling from Gabriel. Yeah. He, he does seem very, uh open and welcoming yeah disarming is is a good word yeah secondary shout out to uh to tammy the the adrenaline junkie yeah i'm excited to see where she goes yeah exactly perfect there you have it we have our predictions let's speed through the episode because we're Already an hour in. That's how this always goes. Yeah. Oh my god. I know, right? The the first episode we talk about the people a lot, so we don't talk as much about the episode. But there's usually not as much content in the episode. So it kind of balances out. Yeah. So, (laughs) moving on. They really struggle to get this raft to the beach. This is the the biggest fight I think I've seen for Mm. the for people to be like, all right. Here's your stuff. Go. Go find your beach. Which is crazy because Borneo, it feels like they were farther from their beach. Yeah. But I don't know if it's just ocean currents. It was not nearly as difficult for them to paddle in. I think it's the raft. I think oh, sure. The, the inflatable raft is hard to like move they were around. Struggling. I mean, they're really meant for them to stay in one place. Yeah. 
So the fact that they're trying to move that thing already at a disadvantage. <laughs> you think the moment the producers like saw them pouting, they're like, ah, oh, we fucked up. Uh, <laughs> oopsie doops. My bad. <laughs> they they show Sarah riding like a a, a princess on the the raft. Yeah, Sean in. calls her Cleopatra. Yeah, Cleopatra boobs out, hanging hanging out. Uh, That's what he says, isn't it? Yeah, it is what he says. Sean. Where else are they gonna be? Sean also having a moment once he get that's a good point. Where right? else can your boobs? It's not like you can put them away. You didn't wait. You didn't spec into retractable boobs. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, the plug and play. You just <laughs> take them away. <laughs> Sean has a, a, a beautiful moment of a, a religious experience. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Talks about in the hood. I'm from the hood. We don't have much water there. And when he gets to the beach, he is like crying and weeping and having a moment. But also, while in the current, he could have moved <laughs> to the beach. Instead, he's getting like rammed by the water here. That's hilarious. I don't know what's going on, Sean, but you might want to move. Living, he's being present. He is being present and drowning. Yeah, <laughs> simultaneously drowning. So him and Peter have a nice moment with the water and God, and <laughs> they're just happy that they made it. And Rob is getting weirded out by it. Yeah. Yep. I was too, so. Yeah. I mean, not weirded out. I was like, oh, that's very nice, and also going on for a very long <laughs> yeah. time. Like, you have your moment, but also, like, hey, we got stuff to do, man. <laughs> Maybe let's, let's speed this up. Over on row two, they break open their case, and... This is the first acknowledgement that there is no... We're not given food. Did they not tell these people? Yeah. Because we know. That's mean. I we as an audience so member. Mean. Yeah. They, they would have to know, right? Do you think they eat that morning? Like, do they get there? Yes. They yeah. They that morning and then... Absolutely. They have to be given a last meal. <laughs> Make it sound like they're going to death row. No. Also, I, I did note, they're also excited to be there. Yeah. Which hasn't necessarily been the case all of these last seasons. Hmm. Now, mind you, for season one, they're like, what the fuck is this? Season two, they drop them out of a plane or well, park the plane, made them get out. Season three, they're like, all right, go hike 40 miles through the desert. Yeah. So I can understand oh why God. these people would be a little more excited, but also like it just shows that the show is gaining a little more popularity and people like want to be there. Yeah, I think spirits are high. Probably other than, I, I think it was Nella who was throwing up profusely yeah. on the boat. Yep. I'm sure that's not as fun. But yes, they have in their crate pots, pans, two machetes, a map, a magnifying glass, and a couple of knives. And Kathy takes charge of fire. <laughs> and Kathy would be thrown into the ocean. Yes. Correct. Over on Mar Amu tribe, Hunter takes charge. Sean calls him MacGyver. Yeah, and, and Gina's like, alright, I want to give me some of that. Yeah, ooh. So I mentioned, I, I went through all the Mara Amu people and was like, I, I don't think this tribe has a lot of potential winners, but so far, it's episode one, we haven't mm -hmm. seen a lot of row two. They are the more interesting characters. They are so interesting characters. Yes. Everyone is, like you said, the energy is high. They're cracking jokes with each other right up from the bat. There's a lot going on in this episode, but they don't build shelters. Yeah. Don't we, you see them with the big leaves? We at see... I see Boss and Rob, like, hammering in posts, mm -hmm. but it's never the focus. There was never an urgency to build a shelter. No. 
Could they sleep outside just like in the sand on that first night? Mm-hmm. Regardless if they have a fire or not, they're sleeping on the sand. Less of an emphasis on get the structure built. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't even catch that, but you're right. They're also not going to die if they don't get the structure built. Sure. Like in the last season. So yes. mm. we don't have a fence keeping the lions out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is the thing that happened. Uh I also, I, I'm kind of sad Peter went home because I already had a Peter quote and we're only like 20 minutes into the episode. <laughs> Go on, tell me that Peter quote. Yoga helps with lighting fires. Oh yeah. <laughs> he has a point though. He had a good breath. Yeah. He breath had a, control. He had a, a strong, continuous breath out of his diaphragm that <laughs> did eventually light the fire for Marabu. Sure. It's the kind of thing that like you don't need to say. Yeah. And probably only helps, t- like, only helps a little bit. <laughs> like, any human being can control their breath enough to, like, put it on a fire. Yeah. But is he the, like, hippy-dippy, what we didn't get out of what's-her-face from last yes. season? Yes. I was thinking the same, like, right when I saw him, I was like, oh, he's the, I don't remember her name anymore. We'll find it. It's for Linda. Linda, yep. Linda. <laughs> Fucking Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Michaela's getting loopy. <laughs> it's past their bedtime. Oh, I, I also wrote out another quote from Vesepia, which I know, like, listen, we're not slut shaming anything like that for Sarah, but Vesepia's quote of Sarah has a cute body, she paid a lot for it. Yeah. Sent yeah. me. Oh scathing. Scathing. Absolutely scathing. I didn't expect that out of Vesepia. I don't know yeah. why. She just seems very, like, kind hearted, and then all of a sudden, like, ooh. That was, it was deep cut. Have either of you seen Community? Yes. Yeah. It was very much uh, like a Shirley moment of like, she's so nice and bubbly through most of the show and all of a sudden is like, turns on a dagger. <laughs> like, it was like, oh God, okay, wow. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like a lot of this is like, quick things, little moments for everyone. Rob and Sarah kind of flirt in the raft that first night. Showmances never end well. Showmances never end well. Kathy... Finding her moments in row two to be like, we need fire. Make the fire. And then they go and make the fire. <laughs> I Here's what I wrote. Is that she gets on her tribe to make fire. And then who was it? Oh, uh, John. 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 Yes. John builds it out of spite. <laughs> John and Pascal get upset at the whole situation. But John builds the fire. Just completely out of spite. Well, and because he explodes, he's like, ah, shit, now I gotta make it right so I don't become the target. Yeah. Which... I did kind of like that moment when they finally did it and they, like, hugged. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was, it made me smile. Fire brought us together. Yeah. <laughs> Row 2 also goes on a nice little adventure and they find a waterfall. Yeah, so here's the thing. Uh-huh. The, we're now back into the watering holes are not created equal. Correct. Which matters less in this season than it did last season. Yeah. But Rochu gets a waterfall, and Mara Amu gets like a puddle. It it it's a spring where it it bubbles up to the surface, but it's maybe two feet across. Yeah. Very unequal. Very upsetting if you knew what that was. And uh, the waterfall is definitely in the new mud, mud volcano. Yes, they're having fun. They're jumping in it. They're, they find taro root, which I, I did look up. It's kind of kind of like a potato, not uh, more healthy and less carb-based. Starch. Yeah. 
Interesting. It, it's a root. It's a, a, a root that's they good for it you. They said so casually. I was like, how do you know what that yeah. is? They get briefed on like how to survive in the area they're oh, going they to. Do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have a, a nice little food moment on Maramu, where they find a, a bounty of fruit. There is. They find lemons, they find grapefruit, really not ripe grapefruit. It, it doesn't look great. Hey, uh, uh, Stephen? Yeah. Michaela? Uh-huh. You both feeling a holy? Do you remember Peter talking about the holes of your body? Yeah. Which a lot of it was kind of hard to hear, like the audio mix oh, was no, very no, no, good no. there. Hold on. I need, I need to say what is being said here. Please. Because I had to bring up the captions for this okay. just to make sure. Peter... While he's slowing down, he's chilling. I wanted to finish that Rob wants to get a chicken. He was oh, chasing okay. a chicken around. But, yes, this is a different moment. Peter, slowing down, he's trying to relax a little bit. And he's striking up conversations. He is mastering every hole in his body. That's what he says. That's what he says. <laughs> that he is mastering every hole in his body. People aren't aware that they have seven holes. I think they're very aware of. I mean, I don't think they. I don't think you would quiz them on, and they no. had to answer quickly. But I think they could count. Michaela's yeah, doing I, it right I was now. Just say, hold on. By even the loosest of estimates, seven is too little. Count, count me your holes, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> At least buy me dinner first. <laughs> two ear holes. Two ear holes. Two nostrils. Uh huh. Mouth. Uh huh. Urethra. Anus. Sure. What about your eyes? Those aren't holes. They are holes. They're, Technically, you have tear ducts. Okay, right? no, I don't. I would not consider those holes if you have if you have eyeballs. They are not holes. Okay. It, hole here is interchangeable with orifice. Why am I defending this? <laughs> <laughs> there are also millions upon millions of pores in your well, body. Well, sure, that's yeah. not what he's talking about. But I just want to make it clear that that's what I'm thinking about. But hey, weird fucking conversation, dude. Yeah, he's mastering. Who is he talking about? He's mastering them. He's talking about himself. Oh. He's talking about how, uh, well, people in general, in that their basic goal is to master the functions of your holes, whether it be eating, hearing better, smelling better. I mean, I better. guess that's correct, but what a no, weird way to say no, it. No, it's not. And then he's urinating. Like, how do you... But these are all functions we need to... Or not need. You, some people don't... What, that was ableist. But, you know, like, these are all functions we use on so, a daily basis. All... All I could think the entire time he was talking about this was I just want to be like, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Sir, no, no, no. I would pay a lot of money to watch Frank and Peter just sit down and have a conversation <laughs> for like an hour. It would be pretty good. I think nothing would be said and everything would be said. <laughs> all at once. Odd comment, that's yeah. for sure. Yep. That's, that's the majority of all the good stuff. We... We get on to the immunity challenge, which is the fire challenge once again. But much better. It's gotten better every time. Yeah, it's it's a little bit better. Why didn't they give them oars for their boat? That's a good question. It didn't look like everyone was going to fit in it. Yeah, but you could have at least have like two or three people in it if you gave them oars. Yeah. So the structure of this challenge, you have to take a, a Voyager boat and take it out into the ocean, light your torches. They had two torches light your torches, light three torches on the way back, and then get onto shore, carry your boat, and light more torches on the way to a finish line where you light a final torch. I lied, this one isn't better. Okay. I, I, 
I think I was drawing a comparison between seasons one and four because both of those are like uh, similarly made, like go out onto the water and bring it back. Mm -hmm. But it is better than the season one one. Yeah, but like seasons two and three had like relay races and those were better than this. I agree. Yeah. Yep. The big standout from this challenge is that Mara Amu gets out to an early lead and then they just struggle with their torches. Yeah, they learn that water beats fire. Yeah. <laughs> their, their torch goes out, I counted at least three times. Mm -hmm. And they struggle to relight it and... They got the, the their own base fire wet and had to go and use Rotu's fire to light their torches. They had the same base fire. It was one base fire in the middle. Oh, okay. But I do think they had to go back and relight it. You're right, yeah. But still, not not good. They fell behind, and then they never caught up again. No. No. Brutal. And then Rotu wins. Rotu runs away with it. It's not even close. Yeah. And, and this is another case of I knew who was going to Tribal Council before this challenge ever started. <laughs> because we spent all the time in this episode previously with the Marm Amu tribe. Yeah. And we did not learn all about them just to not vote one of them off. Yeah. But this is the most conversation we've had in a long time about, hey, who's going to go home? Yeah. Especially for a first vote. And it's not nearly as clear cut as a lot of these first votes have been. There's yeah. not a lot of strategy. Are yeah. they often like, oh, we all know? Well, it's usually the one person who screwed up the challenge real bad and they're uh -huh. gone. Yeah, the last two seasons, the last season somebody was like pretty ill. Mm -hmm. So it was like, yeah, we're going to vote them off because they're sick and we need to not continue to lose challenges. Yeah. And the one before that was just somebody who did not match with the tribe at all. Mm -hmm. So this one is much more nuanced. There's mm -hmm. a lot more people doing their individual thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Patricia feels the need to defend herself, that she's not weak and maybe a woman and overweight, but I am strong. And then she gets one vote. Yeah. <laughs> From... Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that. I <laughs> I, I understand why she felt they needed to defend herself, but it, I, I just think that's kind of funny when it's like, you shouldn't vote for me because of this! And it's like, well, we actually weren't going to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, all right. Like, lady doth protest too uh, much. She doesn't even look overweight. I just, I uh, don't know. Those were her words. I know. <laughs> but it's... Yeah. Sarah wants Peter... Because it kind of weirds her out. Did you see the way he was smiling in Tribal Council? He yeah. was just like, yeah. he's like, it was so unnerving. I feel like it'd be awkward though. Like it is kind of awkward. How are you supposed to act? He is hyper like, aware that he is on like, camera. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. People aren't used to that. And one last highlight from that, Sean. What value does Sarah have beyond flotation devices? Yeah. He said that to her. He didn't say it to her. He, he said, said it to us. Urgent. Jeff said that? No. No, no, no. Sean. No. Oh, I thought we were talking about the questions at the end. No, Sorry. the comment you hated. Yes, yeah. that one. Yeah. And then goes on to say, I'm not chauvinistic, but we need the men. Again, if you have to start a sentence with I'm not blank, yeah. yes, you are. <laughs> I'm not a plumber. so bad. But I do know how to fix your toilet. <laughs> uh, yeah, Oops. just ugly. Again, speeding through tribal council. Jeff is on his A-game still. Oh, yeah. He was great. But the Tribal Council set is pretty weak. I actually like it quite a bit. Do you really? Okay. I'm First impressions, yes. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's going to 
if the mystique of are they finally stacking the votes? Because I, think, I believe they are. I think yes. they are. Yeah, because the 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 ones that they pulled out in a very dramatic order. Hmm. Yeah, they could have just said this. They didn't do that before. No, they would do these. It would just be like, oh yeah, whichever ones you pull out, we pull out. And so sometimes you'd end up with like every like three important votes being buried. Like that person had enough votes, but there was no tension because it would just be like, oh yeah, we got through all the mm. same ones at once. Yep. Interesting. Uh, highlights of the questions. Uh, sourcing their own food does feel good. Everyone's feeling very uh, proud of themselves. <laughs> Vesipia says Hunter is a good leader. Cool. And then Peter's never felt comfortable in this tribe. Yeah. Ever since he stepped onto the beach, and we can tell. Peter, you start with a monologue about your holes. <laughs> <laughs> He's clenching his butt cheeks real, real hard right now. Yeah, this vote is pretty clear cut. Rob, Gina, Sarah, Hunter, Patricia all vote Peter. Sean, Vesipia votes Sarah. And Peter votes Trisha. Hmm. Oh, you know who votes for him? Yes. They show it at the end. When, when he's uh, having his one last hurrah moment, they show everyone holding up in slow motion who they voted for. Okay, so how many people's skin does Peter go on to wear? Uh, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> any final thoughts about Peter? Uh, do you have any final thoughts about Peter? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Succinct to the point. So long. He um, gone. Yeah, I'm assuming he does not come back. He does not come back. Yeah. Come back? Um, Why would they come back? There's returning seasons. Oh, for yeah. another season. Yeah, I I don't think he'd do very well. Yeah. It, it doesn't... He's just a weird dude. And I say that as a certified weird dude. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, you're going on the island in, like, day two. You're already talking about, like, having mastery of your seven holes. Ah, uh, yes, my holes. That's not going to vibe with anyone. You might not be the first vote in every season you're in, but you're, it's coming for you at some point. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I can't see a season where he would make the merge. I agree. I, I do. Well, I think it was bad casting. Yeah, you might be. Like you said, he doesn't come back. There's actually not a whole lot of information about him. Hmm. I saw a cool reunion photo of a, a good chunk of the cast, and he was there. He looks the exact same, except take the hair and turn it white hmm. it's just the same person hmm. a little more wrinkly but just bright white hair sure he didn't get a quarantine questionnaire but he did get questioned when the episode aired hmm. so i have a a thing from 2002 which is is funny a lot of it is just like why why do you think that uh, this happened yeah. what did your kids say that they're fine with it we didn't allow our kid to wear the survivor stuff until it became public that I was on the show ah. and couldn't until it, it aired. So yeah. Hmm. Did you go back home immediately or did you get to hang out in the South Pacific? No, we all committed to staying for six or seven weeks. So I stayed waiting for other members to be voted off. I snorkeled, scuba dive, swam, went tuna fishing. Don't feel sorry for me, America. I can't believe how many people are feeling bad for me. It was the best thing that could have happened. Oh Got my free God. Vacation. Yeah, no, wait, that's great. What the heck? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Marquesas, like, looking out on a map is super remote. I'm not surprised that it was, you go and you're there for the whole time. Were you at, like, a nice hotel? I, I don't, it probably wasn't a nice hotel. It was probably the production camp. 
Yeah, I don't, there's a chain of islands, and they do. Have, there are like some. I think there are some like cities. I don't know. Yeah. But, mm. And finally, why on earth did you choose cologne as your luxury item? <laughs> <laughs> I should be saying there's nothing like a great cologne, so that I can get a cologne commercial. He's pandering. Yeah. But actually, cologne is flammable, and I thought it would be a great choice. I took so much abuse from producers for choosing it. They were basically telling me what a schmuck I was for bringing cologne. I just said, you gotta smell good. <laughs> I had to eat it the whole time, but I was thinking, well, we'll see who laughs last. Wow. His tribe got fired, didn't they? Yeah, it was the first one to get... They did, I didn't see using the cologne, but... Yeah, well, they probably wouldn't have shown that because they didn't want people to, like, do that in the future. Yeah. Oh, my God. Try to bring flammable things. That is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, maybe they didn't use it, but that's that's really smart, actually. I hope they did. Yeah. I really hope they did. Oh, oh, sorry. This is too good to pass up. So why do you think you got rejected first? I've been told people didn't like the way I smiled. I sure didn't. Uh, I think he has a nice smile. <laughs> It's, it's a little off-putting. Well, the one he doesn't do it with his teeth is. The, pro the problem wasn't the episode when he was smiling, not, like, the quality of his smile. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Everyone else would be, like, really, like, like, tribal council. Like, they'd all be, like, invested, and he's just, like... He is the prequel to the horror movie smile. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot that's a movie. Yeah. Advertising campaign for that was pretty good, though. Yeah, that's true. Just send someone to a baseball game and have them smile for an entire game. Unbelievable. Any final thoughts before we end the episode? Michaela? I'm excited to hear about what happens through <laughs> the podcast and not watching all the stressful show. Yeah, Michaela's not going to continue with this. Eloquent. That's because you're sleepy. You yeah, Michaela's running out of gas. You understand what I mean. They uh, started work at, what, 6 this morning? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Four and a half hours of sleep. We're at 11 p.m. It's time for bed. <laughs> uh, you know what else it's time for? The end of the podcast? The bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for joining us, Michaela. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's an audio medium. You, yeah. you can't just give a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Anything you'd like to promote while you're here? Um, sleep, books, and go check out any local theater in your area because it's probably full of magic. Nice. Jared? I would like to plug seasonal depression. That's a good way to break up the monotony of your schedule. Ah, okay. That's cool. See, go to a therapist. No. Not you, the general public. General public. <laughs> this episode has gone off the rails. Sleep, I... books, therapy, theater. Seasonal depression. Homemade applesauce. Oh my god. Homemade depression. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't all depression homemade? Depends on where you get it from. Yeah, I feel like... Is there is someone mass producing depression? They would have been capitalism. That's true, they are. <laughs> we must seize the means of production, Stephen. We can produce our own depression. <laughs> For my co-host Jared and our special guest Michaela, this is Stephen. For my special guest Stephen and my host Michaela, this is Jared. We do this every and time. My Michaela, this is
Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>